Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast series where we ponder on God's personhood. I'm your host Natalia and last time Pastor Jeremy gave us a brief introduction about the series and focused on Yahweh. I am who I am. If you've missed that, it's on our podcast apps, YouTube channel or wherever you consume your podcast content. Today we're looking at two new names. What would that be Pastor Jeremy? Hi Natalia, good to be back on this podcast as we prepare our hearts this Lent season. these 40 days the season of self reflection understanding our heart preparing our mind for that great day the resurrection day and returning to a place of humility of softness of uh, repentance as the lord does something new in our lives for each and every one of us that's our prayer and the names i want to pick up today is el shaddai and jehovah jireh and the reason i pick these up is because they're very similar in terms of outcome and meaning but different in terms of source and reason so last time i shared with you yahweh the covenant name of god now these are all names of god it is not different gods it is one god and when we call him by a different name we are appealing to that character there are situations in the bible when men of god women of god have called god a specific personal title and it was very relational it was very inexperienced to what they had with god like hagar for instance called god the god who sees abraham called god the god who provides and that's what we're looking at so el shaddai el shaddai el is god of course and shaddai is might or mighty and uh, the literal meaning would be god of the mountains or god almighty you'll find the foremost reference here in genesis chapter 17 verse 1 and knowing god as el shaddai kind of reminds believers of his limitless power and his ability to provide that's where it comes from in times of difficulty in times of uncertainty when you're up against the wall when you've hit a dead end in times of these crises God is a God who is almighty. He is on top of things. He is above everything. In times of difficulty or uncertainty, trusting his almighty nature brings assurance and strength. So we in a devotional manner, we reach out to God saying, "Lord, you are El Shaddai." And when you call on God as El Shaddai, you're saying, "Lord, no problem of mine, no situation of mine is too far gone no problem of mine is too big that you cannot handle it the sense of the word the phrase the name is overpowerer he is the overpowerer god almighty get it he's mighty over anything else that's mighty he's the overpower but the personal aspect of this name is that he is mighty on my behalf he's mighty on your behalf so god is almighty but the name has more to do with him being mighty on my behalf him overpowering on my behalf isn't that encouraging isn't that amazing to know that god is not just a strong person but he's strong on my behalf when i am weak he is strong when i am frail he is strong when i am inconsistent he is strong when i have days when i don't feel like it when my mind is weak 
his mind is strong. When my spirit is weak, his spirit is strong. You get what I'm saying? You have a person living in you with you. You have a person that you love and worship who's always stronger, always in any given situation, at any time, at any season of life, he is always stronger. And he is strong on your behalf. That makes all the difference. He's strong on your behalf. He goes to war for you. He goes to bat for you. And that's where El Shaddai comes in. I love the worship song that was written several years ago called El Shaddai, one of my favorite, favorite songs. Let me take you to the second name, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh literally means see, he has seen to it, or he will see to it. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah, of course, is Yahweh, right? It's the other word for Yahweh. But Jehovah Jireh means he will see, he will see to it. You'll find this in Genesis chapter 22, verse 14, specific application where Abraham says, the Lord will provide, or the Lord has provided. In the beginning of that verse, it says the Lord will provide. And at the end of the verse, it says the Lord has provided. And if you look at the original, it says the Lord has seen or the Lord is sees and the Lord has seen to it. So in the sense that you have a problem, you have a situation, you have a challenge, you have a goal that's insurmountable, God will provide for it. If it's in God's plan, it's in God's budget. If it's in God's mind, it's in God's hope to provide for you. He will not leave you without the provision for the way he chooses for you, for the relationships he chooses for you, for the situations he chooses for you. Like, for instance, if he wants you to go through a season of waiting, which requires patience, he's going to give you the patience. If he wants you to wait for him to come through with a big provision in terms of resources, he wants to provide that. He's not going to expect anything that he does not deliver. And that's where it makes it incredible. Believers can rest in the knowledge that God is their ultimate provider ultimate. Just as he provided a ram for Abraham in place of Isaac, he provides for his children's needs. And let's not get too far ahead of the situation itself. The situation was God asked Abraham to give up his son. Okay, people talk about provision and then start talking about, you know, jobs and security and money and all of that. That's fine. That's fine. But go to the original scenario. Abraham has been asked to give up his son. He's been tested to limits no one has yet been tested. And then we find that God tests himself on this. And when it came to God, God did not have an out. He did have to give his son up. So when Abraham was willing to give his son Isaac and was willing to obey, God provided a place, something in his place. When Abraham was willing to give his son, when Abraham was willing to obey, God provided a supplement. God provided something in his place. So the demands God makes on us, he makes on himself. And where we cannot give, God provides. You get that? How powerful that is? Now here, my brother and sister, is where the rubber meets the road. When you learn that God can provide for things he has demanded of, your demands are nothing. Your demands are nothing compared to the things God demands. And if God can provide what he demands, can he not also provide your desires, your demands? So trusting Jehovah Jireh encourages faithfulness and reliance 
on God's provision in every circumstance. He is my provider. He is my provider. And that is our prayer through life, through the valleys, on top of the mountains, no matter where we are in life. When we sing Jehovah Jireh, we're not saying God will give me everything. We're saying when God puts me through it, he'll be with me in it and he will provide as I trust him. Many of you are right there right now. You need God to come through for you. You need God to see the problem and then see to it that it's done. See to it that it's provided for. Well, he's a God who sees and he's a God who provides. Jehovah Jireh indeed. Let's continue to think deeply where we stand with our God. In regard to his names, how do we know him? How do we know him? In what situations do we comfortably call on these names, knowing that he is our provider, he's our healer, he's our banner, he's our rampart and refuge, he's our exceedingly great reward, he's our shepherd. You see what I'm saying? The more you know him, the more you'll call on these names, and hence the reason for this study on the names of God. Preparing our heart and mind for Good Friday and Easter is not about being morose. It's not about ashes. It's not about sorrow. Although repentance is always welcome and sorrow is better than joy. But when we learn to suffer well and when we learn to see all our situations in life as a gift from the Lord, a gift because we land up knowing the names of God, we land up experiencing the presence and the power and the provision of God, we realize that every situation that put us in need, God provided and we learned how he cares for us. We learned that we are not alone. We learned that he is powerful on our behalf. So that's what we want to do. We don't want to sorrow unnecessarily. We don't want to be depressed and morose. We want to be understanding the beauty and the power of passion, the beauty and joy of suffering. And that suffering is not a destiny. It is a way. Suffering is not a punishment. It is a process. And when we go through that process, we come out cleaner, we come out whiter, we come out joyful, because joy comes in the morning. The Lord bless you as you prepare for Easter. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this beautiful thought, for these verses of scripture, and for the men and women of old who went through that and experienced God so that we may know that God not only can be experienced like that, but also wants to be experienced by us two thousands of years later. As we prepare our heart and mind, speak to us in gentle tones. Take us aside, quieten the noises and the voices in our head, Lord, and help us to hear, to tune in and hear your voice more steadily, more clearly this coming Lent season, this uh, season of introspection, and more so preparing our hearts for the Good Friday and the Easter weekend. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in with us. If you have any comments or questions, you can write to us at pstjeremy at gmail.com and we'll see you in the next podcast.